Who are our players to watch in keys to victory for Sunday's game for the Denver Broncos as they host the Minnesota Vikings in primetime action? Well, that's something we're going to debate, we're going to discuss, and we're going to break down all on this morning's freshly brewed installment of Good Morning Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome to another installment of Good Morning Broncos. This is your daily Broncos morning show that you get with a cup of coffee every single weekday, Monday through Friday at 9 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time, live here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. I'm Cody Ork, Broncos reporter here for MHS. I cover the Broncos in person daily at practice, cover them at the games that they play. And look, I, I think one thing we need to talk about here is if you're a Colorado sports fan, you're tuning in to cover the Bron- to watch the Broncos coverage here, you're also a Colorado Avalanche fan or you're also a Denver Nuggets fan. We have content for you here on MHS's YouTube page. Check out the Ryan Blackburn-hosted Pickaxe and Roll podcast here on MHS. Has you covered everything you need to know about the Denver Nuggets as they get ready to play yet another tournament game against the New Orleans Pelicans on the road here this evening. Ryan will have you covered following the game with a live post-game reaction podcast, plus his written work at milehighsports.com here. But with that said, Broncos country, it's Friday. That means that Denver's got one more practice here this afternoon at the Centura Training Center. I'll be there for that. This has been a little bit of a weird week for them, a short week overall. Yesterday was the first day of practice for them this week just because they came off the Monday night game They came back from Buffalo on Tuesday. They had Wednesday off back on the practice field on Thursday. And so obviously there's some storylines that will accompany that. Really the theme for Denver this week is to try to eliminate the penalties that have been hindering them. I mean, obviously 10 penalties last week against the Buffalo Bills accounted for 61 yards loss. And, you know, unfortunately, most of those nine of those penalties came on the offensive side of the ball. So you're talking about maybe a third down situation, second down situation where it was either a five or a 10 yard penalty. It backed the Broncos up even further to have a long field. Those are missed opportunities there. And that's something that Sean Payton, it drives him absolutely nuts when he goes back and looks at the film about the penalties There's no excuse for why pre-snap penalties should continue to be happening. I think more importantly, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle, he's got seven penalties this season. Mike's a veteran guy at this point. And I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think four of his seven penalties or five of his seven penalties are false starts. There's no reason he should be overthinking, right? And I understand, look, you're going to get a false start every once in a while. You might get a little bit of a flinch, but the thing is, is, you, you can't do that at this point anymore because if it happens on first down, then it's first and 15. If it happens on second down. It might be second and, you know, could be even longer depending on what happens on your first down play. So that I think is the pain point here that Sean Payton has really talked about this week, has expressed like, hey, this is unacceptable because right now Denver's committing, you know, a lot of penalties at a high rate, one of the tops in the league in terms of penalties committed. And then you look at the Minnesota Vikings, they're commuting some of the fewest penalties in the NFL, but the opponents that they play commit the most penalties against them. So it's a little bit of a give and take here scenario here for Denver, obviously Sunday night's game. We don't want to see the the product littered with flags. And I think that's an NFL issue here. I mean, I was at the bar with our CEO, Nate Lundy. We went to a sports book bar and grill, and we were watching the Thursday night football between the Ravens and the Bengals. And just the one thing we talked about last night was just sitting there. This We can't watch a game anymore in the NFL without there being a flag on almost every other play. And then oftentimes, the flags that are thrown, they're not even a penalty. They're not even pass interference. They're not even some of the things that we've seen. So... That's a little bit of a frustrating thing about the NFL product this season. It just seems so flag happy. and It's unfortunate here. But 
We're hoping that that's not the case here on Sunday as the Broncos look to host the Minnesota Vikings in prime time action. So let's get into our Thursday practice report here for the Broncos, taking a look at the injury report. Now, obviously, there was an estimated report that was released on Wednesday when the team did not have any practice at all. And I was kind of a little bit of the same here a little bit on Thursday. There were two players who did not participate and their status for Sunday's game is up in the air officially safety PJ Locke who left the game and who started in place of Kareem Jackson against the bills on Monday night football. He had an ankle injury, did not return in that game. He did not practice. He was on the side field uh, working and stretching and going through some stuff with obviously Alex Palczewski, Brandon Johnson, who's on injured reserve right now. And that's obviously not, I think a promising sign for him that he's going to be able to play. I don't think he's going to play this week. He could be out a couple of weeks here. We'll continue to monitor that. But luckily Kareem Jackson is returning to the starting lineup this week after his suspension was lifted. He finally, you know, paid out his two games there and he, he made a joke yesterday. He said, you know, Sean Payton called him on Thursday or actually no, it was not Thursday. It was like Tuesday morning. My bad. My days are off there. He called him on Tuesday morning and said it. Said something along the lines like Cream said he couldn't really say because I mean obviously there's some excitement, some vulgarity in there. But he said, like, hey, we're on a roll right now. Don't come in and mess it up. So Kareem is back this week here. He'll more than likely start next to Justin Simmons if PJ Locke is in fact out of this game. And it makes me a little bit more comfortable about the Broncos safety depth. You know, Delarian Turner Yell is a guy who's obviously a key special teams player for them, but he just I don't know if he's quite there yet in terms of being ready to play safety here at the NFL level. I just don't know if he's ready. Uh, you know, Buffalo went after him a little bit. You can't have that happen. I mean, but he's got to get the experience somehow, right? So it's like, I can't fault him. Like if he struggles, it's like, okay, hey, take what you learn from the tape, apply it to the next time you're out there on the field and just make those adjustments. You know, if it's your depth, if it's how far off you line up, you know, are you giving any indicators to the quarterback pre-snap as to maybe what you're going to do? These are things I think you have to follow here if you're a young safety. But then our other injury report we're going to get to here, and this is probably a little bit of a big one here. It's Ben Powers, the Broncos left guard that they brought in an NFL free agency, gave a big-time contract to. He suffered a foot injury in the Broncos' victory against the Bills on Monday night football. He did not participate. He was also on the side field with P.J. Locke, Alex Palczewski, and obviously Brandon Johnson. And to me, not a good sign here. And obviously, I think today's practice is going to be big. Do we see Ben Powers put the helmet on or is he on the if he's on the side field here again today we can assume that he's going to be ruled out of action on Sunday if he's limited in practice today more than likely he'll be a questionable participant here for Sunday's game but I mean that's a big blow because the Broncos offensive line in terms of the run blocking department getting the run game going they've been pretty good they that's been a big part of them finding some success as of late they've got to be a little bit more consistent in pass protection here but you know, now you take a guy out of the starting lineup potentially, and you have to put somebody who's not been a starter in. And right now, I think that expectation would be Quinn Bailey, or it could be Luke Wattenberg at this point in time. Like that changes maybe the chemistry there because Lloyd Cushenberry has good chemistry with Ben Powers, and Garrett Bowles has good chemistry with Ben Powers. So you take him out, you add a new guy into the mix. It makes things a little bit more challenging. So we'll continue to monitor that. We'll see if Powers practices today at the Centura Training Center. Uh, ahead of Sunday night football. So something to keep an eye on there. Uh, players who are also on the injury report, we'll, we'll go through the full participants, the limited designations, full participants. Marvin Mims with an ankle fully participated. Ronnie Perkins, outside linebacker, had a quad issue. He fully participated. Baron Browning, wrist, knee designation, fully participated in Thursday's practice. And then the only player who popped up as a limited participant was Jerry Judy. He popped up uh, yesterday, and this wasn't something that was on you know, the, the Wednesday injury report. This isn't something that came from Monday Night Football. 
This was something that happened either prior to yesterday or during yesterday. At some point, he did some individual work, but then he kind of stopped doing some individual work drills as well. So I'm very curious to see if that's an issue going forward, if they're just going to rest him and be cautious. Now, keep in mind here, the Broncos, anytime they list a hip designation, it could also mean it could be a groin issue because Justin Simmons had a groin issue in training camp. They listed it as a hip designation, so they're not necessarily listing the exact place in the injury in which it is, but they're listing the area that where it could be. So we'll see if it's an actual hip or if it's a groin here for Jerry Judy. We'll see what his practice status is here on Friday. But the challenge of a short week is really just coming in and trying to be as healthy as you can, seeing as you just played on Monday night. You would talk about Sunday. Players play on Sunday. Usually by the time Thursday comes around, they're feeling good. Well, now because you played on Monday, you get that four days. Usually around Friday, your body's feeling probably optimal as to where it needs to be before you go out and you do it again. So that that's just a, a point I wanted to make here. Um, but yeah, definitely worth monitoring here. We'll see how things go here. But one thing we are going to get into here on today's episode of Good Morning Broncos there, Broncos country, is our keys to victory and maybe some of the players we have our eyes on. You're going to get that action here on today's episode of GMB. Real quick, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode show. It's our good friends over there at Superbook Sports. You can win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Superbook, they will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game, and they will also give you two tickets to the game plus a three-night hotel stay. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you're automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Nuggets fans. Ryan Blackburn here, host of the Pickaxe and Roll podcast on Mile High Sports. We've got the best Denver Nuggets coverage around, so make sure not to miss an episode and subscribe down below to the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Nuggets off to a great start. Make sure not to miss a thing on Mile High Sports. All right, as we continue on this morning's installment of Good Morning Broncos, go pour yourself another cup of coffee as you listen, you watch, you sit along, you can get us on your smartphone, you can get us on a computer, you can even pull us up on your TV here on YouTube. If you love Mile High Sports, Denver, Colorado, Colorado sports coverage, make sure you subscribe to our channel. We're close to 4K subscribers. We appreciate you so much for rocking with us and making us a part of your routine if you are a Colorado sports fan here. Uh, let's get into our keys to victory and even some of our players to watch here. I think first off, let's go through the offense. We'll go defense and we'll go special teams here. I think we starting off on the offensive side of the ball. The key to victory is going to be to find a way to run the football against the Minnesota Vikings. Run defense is one of the best right now in the NFL. They're stopping it at a high rate. They're very aggressive. They send a lot of pressure and a lot of blitzes. And Sean Payton said earlier this week that he felt like, well, Denver ran the ball. They didn't run it as efficiently as he wanted to against the Buffalo Bills. He felt like there were some missed opportunities. You know, guys were running in the, the backs of their blockers there. You know, obviously, if this part of this offense is determining, okay, where am I going to make a cut and then get north-south? But he, didn't, he wasn't pleased overall with just the lack of efficiency in the run game. He felt like they could have been better. They could have had more production on the ground. And it's going to be a tough task this week, you know, against the Minnesota Vikings defense that has a, a bunch of dudes who can plug, including Daniil Hunter, who's got 11 sacks on the year. I mean, he's, he's playing at an absolute monster rate right now. And obviously when you have a safety like Harrison Smith, who's always going to come down to the box and roam and, and play and tackle. I mean, and they got cornerbacks that are going to tackle. They got linebackers that are going to tackle. I mean, they're very, very talented defensively. And they they kind of play this. I don't I don't know what it is in the sense like they'll send a lot of players 
on certain plays, and then they won't. They'll drop a majority of their guys back in coverage. So it's about maybe finding that balance as to how can you attack them, how can you catch them when they drop everybody back into coverage, maybe with a draw play or you know, an inside run or a power run, and then maybe they get you a first down on a, a third down play where maybe they think you're going to pass the football. I don't know. It's going to be a challenge, though. I'm very curious to see how the flow of the game goes here on Sunday night, but I just think that Denver's going to have to have a little bit more balance on the offensive side of the ball. And look, if Minnesota comes into this game and they find a way to, to fluster the run, slow the run game down here between Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin, Samaje P. Ryan, Russell Wilson, then Denver's going to be put in a situation where they're going to have to air it out. They're going to have to find a way to dial up some scheme designs to throw the ball to the middle of the field, you know, short to intermediate. We, we haven't seen a lot of quick passes here in this offense, which has been a little weird to me. We've seen everything kind of set up off of play action because Denver's running the football primarily, setting up the passing game out of play action. But in my opinion, I think that you've got to find a way to utilize a quick passing game. There's nothing wrong with throwing a slant. There's nothing wrong with throwing a hitch because then it forces the defense, okay, hey, if they're Denver's running the football well, you know, they're going to play a little more tighter against the run. And then that means, okay, hey, now we got to take some shots here in the passing game. It's all about finding that balance and finding, yeah, I would say, more rhythm in a sense for where you're trying to get the offense to be as efficient as possible. And I think that's going to be a huge key for Denver's offense here. Defensively, I think the biggest key this week is going to be flustering Joshua Dobbs. Obviously, they call him Pastronaut right now in Minnesota. Obviously, he's gotten off to a terrific start. He started one game for them. He's 1-0 and as a starter. He came in on the back end of that first game that he had played in the second half, led them to a comeback victory. Obviously, that's huge there. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's thrown for over 400 yards so far in just two games of play. And on top of that, he's completing passes at a rate of 67 point something percent. So pretty high, pretty good performance. He's, he's got good rhythm so far in Minnesota and Kevin O'Connell's offensive scheme. And with the expectation, and this is what Sean Payton told us yesterday, He's preparing as if Justin Jefferson is going to play, which is the smart thing. You have to do that. We don't know if he's going to play or not, but you have to prepare as if he is. There's still Jordan Addison. There's TJ Hawkinson, who get this Broncos country. TJ Hawkinson, in the last four games, has 48 targets in the passing game, 35 catches. He's a high-volume type of guy. So Denver's going to have to find a way. And they, I think they've played pretty solid against tight ends as of late, but when you talk about target share, just how often Hawkinson is seeing the ball, they're really trying to get him the football there. But I think a lot of that's the design around not having Justin Jefferson. And now it's like, okay, if Justin Jefferson's back in the lineup, what does that mean for Hawkinson's utilization or target rate? Are they going to try to force feed Justin Jefferson, who if he plays will more than likely draw the matchup assignment of Patrick Sertan? And I, I mean, I don't know. This is going to be some very dynamic things to watch for on Sunday Night Football, but Denver has to pressure they have to sack. They have to fluster Josh Dobbs. He just can't sit in the pocket and try to dice him up. And Denver's defense obviously has played better, but this is going to be a nice little test for them here on Sunday. Special teams-wise, I think that you just need to be more efficient in the kicking game. Obviously, the Broncos, the Walton Penner family ownership group, they've installed a fresh, brand-new field at Empower Field at Mile High. Obviously, that's a huge commitment to them and making sure the players have the best playing surface possible. Everybody's safe. They're a big proponent on that there. But I think maybe having new grass, that might be good for the kicking game. That might be good for special teams there. But you need to see a little bit of a better performance from Will Lutz. Can't be missing extra points. Riley Dixon, got to get those holds down. I know people are hard on Riley Dixon for some of the punts, but I think that what people don't realize is those first two punts that he had against the Buffalo Bills, it was in the direction in which the wind was carrying, right? So he punted it up, and it looked like the wind had carried that out of the back of the end zone. So I'm not mad at Dixon on that. He had a 63-yard punt a little bit later on the game. 
make sure you get the hold down right and you get the snap for your kicker on a PAT or a field goal. That's the one thing I would say. But then maybe I think the main key here for special teams is, hey, like continue to flip field position. Marvin Mims coming off an AFC Special Teams Player of the Week award, did a fantastic job great vision, great speed, and obviously just great blocking to set up on the special team side. Right now, Denver's got the best unit in terms of punt return and kick return production right now in the entire NFL. That's a good sign for Marvin Mims. Now can Sean Payton find a way to sprinkle him into the offensive game plan just a little bit further? Some players I've got my eye on here. I've got Justin Simmons. You know, For him, one interception here in this game against Joshua Dobbs of the Vikings. That'll give him his fourth interception on the season, but it'll give him his golden interception, his 31st career interception, if he is able to do that. And then something to watch for as well, Cortland Sutton's had a touchdown in each of his last four games. Does that streak continue here? on Sunday night football. Things to watch here, Broncos country, as you're preparing for Sunday night football. If you're not going to be able to make it to the game, obviously you're going to get to watch it in primetime action on NBC, 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. We'll have you covered here on Good Morning Broncos for all the post-game recap that you can need and much more. What's up, guys? Kim Becker here with Mile High Sports. Make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a Mile High Sports daily. Monday through Friday morning, we'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the Mile High State. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there, and we've got you covered for everything Colorado sports.